welcome to the Smokies and Wine podcast with JB and Jamie with the best guests, wine and chat. You know it makes sense. Sponsored by Clackenview Wealth Management, working with you today to plan for your tomorrow. Uh, welcome to Smokies and Wine podcast. We have our both legend and Scottish football legend Jimmy Bone with us. Welcome, Jimmy. Welcome. Brilliant to be here. Thanks for coming, Jimmy. Yeah, How are you doing anyway? Great. You okay? Yeah, I'm doing excellent, thanks. I'm good, Nick. <laughs> good. Um, really want to just talk about mostly your whole career. Obviously, we're going to talk about our growth. We're from our growth. It's a Smokies and Wine podcast. We couldn't do it without it. But, you know, without covering every single sort of day of your life, just yeah. more about sort of where it all, all began, how you first got into football and, and yeah, well, uh, basically, the, the people wouldn't believe it, but I actually went to a rugby playing school. Because it was back in the day where you sat an exam, and that determined what school you went to. Right, so, okay. like, I did well in the exam, and uh, I went to what they called then the senior secondary, and it was a rugby playing school. And uh, my dad worked in the pits. He's, his dad worked in the pits, and his dad worked in the pits. It was one of them. And me, yeah, well, I started off. Uh, I started off as an apprentice electrician in the pits as well. Oh, I'm, yeah, an, so I'm that, an electrician at trade as well, mate. Yeah, yeah but brothers. You, you, you're a better electrician than I was. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. Because you had to go quite far for training, though, and stuff, did you not? Yeah, well, uh, to start with, uh, I just played boys' brigade stuff. Right. And during that time, I was invited to go and play trials. Sterling Albion had me training with them for a wee while. And because I worked in the mines as an apprentice electrician, sometimes I used to run from Flynn into Stirling, which was three miles, do a training session, and then I would run back and, and then go and do my shift. Oh, this so, is before your shift? Uh, yeah, and then I'd go and do my shift. Uh, I'd run the six miles, I'd do the training, and then I'd go and do the shift. And then so, away doing the, the pits? Doing the pits, yeah, yeah, which was great. The pits was good for me because uh, I was quite a shy boy and the, the pits sort of brought me out. And uh, actually, I think it helped shape me as a person because the camaraderie, everybody's down there. And everybody's the same when they're down there, and uh, I, I think that helped develop me into the person that I've become. And a job like that, you'd have to grow up quick, wouldn't but, you? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. You're there. It's uh, if something happens, everybody joins in. It's not a case of I'm an electrician, you're an engineer. If everybody mocks in, yeah, that would have given you a sense of teamwork from an early very much, days. Very then, much teamwork. And also the thing about it is, I was quite slight in build then. Right. So what I used to do is I used to have bogies and trains. And uh, a lot of the time I wouldn't go in the bogies and trains. I would uh, I would maybe walk the distance of the train. Right. And the bogies used to take you up the, the big steep slopes. Well, I used to go and walk up the slopes. Right, so and you got so that. just to help build myself up. So uh, it helped me in that, in that sense as well. Did you always have the intention to try and make it in football then? Was yes, that... I, I was desperate. It's all I've ever done. When, when uh, I wasn't working on that, I was just playing football, one of these ones, street lights, car lights, anything at all where you could go and you could kick a ball. I set my heart to go and play and then what happened is, I, you know that I had 10 trials for different teams before I actually got um, You famously had a trial for Liverpool, didn't you? Yeah, I played a trial for Liverpool and scored the... Uh, a couple of goals they played Blackburn Rovers I think it was uh, something like 8-1 or something uh, uh, but it was uh, a Liverpool B team was, which basically was their, their second youth team Right Was that Shankly years? Like early, yeah, yeah early it was on? Shankly but where I think it came about was that I played two trials for Hibs and the manager was Bob Shankly Oh right. yeah, yeah So I think there was some, maybe some kind of tie up there Yeah 
I actually thought Hibs were the same, but they didn't do it. Believe it or not, I played the trial for Forfar as well. <laughs> I played three times for Stirling Albion, and uh, they played one of the, the, the five junior teams, Newborough. All right, yeah, and, yeah. And uh, <laughs> we, we beat them eight-eight-three. It was a Tuesday night, and I played. And I scored five goals, and Stirling Albion didn't think I was good enough. Really? And I also played for them at Party at Thistle in a reserve game. Stirling Albion didn't sign me, but Party at Thistle invited me back to play for them. Right. So I played that uh, trial for the Party Thistle, and then the next day the manager of Party Thistle was in the house sitting waiting on me when I came home for work. And is that where it all seriously and that's began? When it seriously then? began then. That's yeah. when I, I signed uh, the contract professionally, and that, that was so it. So then that was you finished down the mines straight. Uh, well, not straight away. It was a part-time contract that I signed to start with, and uh, so after. After a couple of years, I decided that I'd got to have to have a go full-time football. But I'd left, and only six months to my time to go. And then after a wee while, I went, no, that was silly. So I went back part-time. And it was while I was part-time, and it was my last day as an apprentice. Now, I don't know if it was organised like that with Thistle, but it was my last day as an apprentice. And my first day as a tradesman, where I got the call saying that they'd accepted a bid from Norwich City. Barrett Thistle would just won the League Cup so we got promotion and won the League and then won the League Cup and then uh, I got transferred to Norwich and got promotion with Norwich they reached the League Cup final but I got transferred the week of the League Cup final before the, the deadline and uh, Sheffield United wanted a striker so that just started off a spell where Arbroath came into my mind and did a great job with me was that um, I left Thistle and went to Norwich. It was there in and around a year. And then from there I went to Sheffield United. And it was the same. I was there a year within a week or two. And then I went to Celtic, similar. And then I went to Arbroath. So I, that, during that spell, like I'd went from one team to another. Yeah. And that's when I went to Arbroath. And when I first went there, Albert Henderson was the manager. And they just made me feel so wanted. I took to the place right away. And uh, that was a big, big uh, turning point for me because doing all these moves, my head was kind of all over the place. Uh, but the, the situation that I brought just brought me right back down to earth and just all Albert Henderson used to say, just go and play, son, we know you can play. The famous just Albert Henderson. Uh, Brilliant. Because right away you're feeling so much better about yourself. And then you look around the changing rooms, we had some good players at Arbroath. The goalkeeper was Gordon Marshall. Right. You know, we had uh, it was uh, Cammy Murray. We had, See, this uh, is before I, I, I used to go to Gayfield in the summer yeah. with my dad, but I can't remember. Yeah. I can remember Rylance, but that was after. Yeah, Derek Rylance. He was a good player. Was as well. Fletcher, if he'd done John Fletcher, uh, one of the best midfield players in the country at the time. Tom Cargill. Oh yeah, like Tom. But Tom was a right good player. Like Tom related yeah. to Tom through marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Eric Sellers. Eric. Jimmy Cant had just stopped. Uh, you know, Joe Fletcher was there, there were Tommy Yo, there were, and Andy Penman was there when I, I went. Andy Penman played for Dundee, you know, I think won the league with Dundee and then won the league with Rangers, and he was playing. I think Tommy Yo, my dad used to say, was a Tanner Bar player. Uh, I was a Tanner Bar player, yeah. but he was good. He was good. He's a good and uh, Andy Penman, my first game, he says, See, we get any free kicks in the wider area, Jimmy, just make sure you're, you're running across the defender. He says, We'll put it in. And sure enough, early on, so then we struck up a relationship 
they scored a lot of goals like from Andy doing that. So how long were you at Arbro then? Uh, I think it was over three years and I loved it and uh, it was an opportunity to go full time again is the reason I left and uh, it was to go to St Mim and it was Alex Ferguson. Yeah. yeah. Alex Ferguson. How did that conversation go then with Fergie? Uh, very, very straightforward. Very straightforward. He, he says that he, he had a very, very young team and he needed something of my experience. He says he needed a bit of veteran and I'm going away and think of it. I'm, I'm, I was 28. I was about to say, what that old, I was, I was 28, nice. but they, they, they called the veteran because I thought all these teams were... It was a short period of time, but people tend to think that you were there two and three years at yeah. other clubs. So I joined them and uh, very successful. And that was a right good Sitman team. Uh, that Fergus put the team together and then it moved on. And I think it was 1981, we finished third in the league. Mm-hmm. And with two, three games to go, we were going to Pataudry. And if we beat Aberdeen, we were actually in with a chance of winning the league. Really? And Aberdeen beat us 2 0. And uh, I remember we, we won uh, our last two games. The last game was at Ibrox. I think we beat Rangers 4 1. And it was just a bit unfortunate. And I, I believe that there was a guy uh, called Reed, uh, who was a centre half. He played for the Scotland under 21s in a sort of trial game against the Highland League. And he got an, in- an injury, Bobby. Bobby Reed was his name. And the uh, six foot three magnificent, he had a really good player. And if he hadn't got injured, I think we, we could have won the league because he was, he was a 12 15 goals a season from set pieces, as well as his defensive right. part of it. And uh, I think we could have maybe won the league if uh, Bobby would have stayed fit. What was Fergie like? Uh, well, everybody tells you he was. Uh, you hear all the stories. He's very, very, in, very, very intense and very good. And the biggest single thing he's got is that he knows people. He knows people that he can lay into, and he knows people that you can't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so he knew what made people tick. So he, he, he got the best out of people. Did you know he would? Did you have a hunch he'd go on? Well, what you did, I knew he'd be successful, but uh, I never dreamed for a minute he would be as successful as it became. Aye, I thought when he went to Aberdeen, it was a pinnacle of him, and right, then, okay. then he goes to Man United, yeah. and he's absolutely sensational. Yeah, when, what, what he's done, he's, oh, he's the best manager there's ever been in history, isn't he? Really? I, yeah, I'm not you a know, fan of Fergie, but um, yeah, you, you can't you, you can't argue, you can't argue, argue what he's with done, it. and yeah, uh, he, he, he was good to play for. He was really good to play for, and uh, when you're going on the pitch, feeling good about playing, which I had done with my spell at Arbroath, every time I went on, I always felt relaxed, as if I would go on and play really well, because of the way uh, Albert done it, because Albert had a bit of the psychology as well, where he knew what made people tick, and he just had the habit of saying the right things to you. Do you think that's what management uh, managing's changed these days? It's gone away from the personalisation into the more tactical. Possibly, or? but uh, I think now it should actually go and be more personalised. Uh, I think um, the modern footballers are not as resilient. They don't tend to take knocks the same way, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And yeah, this, this goes out a roll though, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're pride when they let you get knocked down. Mate, you, yeah. If, you'd, if, if you'd you got knocked the... down, you were knocked down because Aye, someone you'd, had done you. You took a dull one. You know, and, uh, Your own teammates would slag you if you got. Oh, I'd very, 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 but no, they wouldn't need you. I'd slag myself. 
you know, it was just just one of these things. So how did, did Fergie compare to Jock Steen then as a manager? Because you were under Jock. Well, to be honest, funny enough, we're just talking about it uh, just earlier with my pals there. Is that uh, when I went to Norwich City, the manager assigned me was a guy called Ron Saunders, who won the European Cup with Aston Villa. Right. And they went to Celtic, Jock Steen, and then they went with that Ferguson and went on <laughs> to win. You know, so uh, I was very, very fortunate to have been involved with good managers. And I put Albert Henderson. I know Albert didn't go and manage at the level of these guys, but he had a lot of what these guys had in them. Same quality. Same, same qualities in and around them. And uh, I could never, ever believe that Dundee didn't go at the right time and, and get Albert to go and, and be their manager because his background, was, he played for Dundee. And uh, I always thought that was quite strange. It's always my, my dad's like an Arbroath fan for like eighty years or something, mm. and he always goes on about Albert Henderson okay. constantly. Like, yeah, I, I just can't believe it. Then he never went and asked him. Just a strange thing because I think he would have did a right good job for Dundee. What, one thing you mentioned was Park Thistle earlier. Yeah, you, you were in the cup final. Yeah, it's, what, uh, what f- happened there? Because fifty it's, years this October, is it? Yeah. What, what made, how did that come about? Because uh, Celtic were so strong. Celtic was, what, what actually happened is that uh, they got relegated for the first time in their history and uh, then the, the, they won the league and got promotion. And that period of time going and winning most of the games, it was confident, everybody's confidence was high. And what it was is that it, it was a very, very young team. We went for having a, an older goalkeeper to Alan Ruff going in goals. Right. Uh, with uh, a guy, uh, Jackie Campbell, who was in his mid-twenties, who was a centre-half, and the guy behind him was a guy called Hugh Strachan, who was in his thirties, had played at Kilmarnock. Frank Coulson was the striker, Alec Ray was a midfield player, these were the experienced guys. So we had guys like, uh, Alan Offa said, John Hansen, uh, who was at Alec Forsyth, uh, who went on to play for Man United and Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Ronnie Glavin in the middle of the park went on to play for Celtic. Celtic uh, uh, we we had winners with Bobby Laurie, <laughs> with Bobby Laurie, Dennis McQuaid. Uh, you know, and the, the, there was, I think, four of us went on to play for Scotland under 23 in the same team. At the same time, four yeah. party Thistle players. So you think you're just young and fearless, basically? Well, the manager again, Dave McParland, who instilled confidence in you. And uh, you're talking the week of the cup final, is like he more or less brainwashed us. Because what we do, the stuff we were doing, it was going, your pace is going to cause him a problem. And Frank Coulson and myself played up front. The two of us were quite quick. And we, we had a little partnership. And basically what it was, if it was knocked in there physically, I would go in. <laughs> and then if one of these, it was a sort of loose ball, Frank would, would get it. That basically how we worked. And uh, so we just kept saying, your pace is going to murder Celtic. And then we got a wee break because Billy McNeil took ill on the Friday and he didn't play. So that sort of helped us because Celtic, uh, Billy McNeil was such a big, yeah, big yeah. player for Celtic as yeah. the leader. And I, I think that went with us. But we didn't expect, we were 4-0 up at half-time. Yeah, it's just insane. And it was just, everything just fell into place. What was half-time like? It was uh, very <laughs> rowdy, and it was a case of going. <laughs> it was getting the manager having to calm everybody down, and just it was a case ju- just calm everything, calm everything. And I don't think there were any of us went on the field the second half without thinking Celtic's capable of scoring five here. Yeah. So we battled 
in the second half. We still had our opportunities, and then Kerry Douglas scored, and it was, it was four one. And we had times where we were under the cosh a little bit, but uh, they never got that second goal, which maybe would have changed the outlook yeah, yeah, of it. Yeah. And uh, it was a sensational day, and uh, it still is, and it's still fresh in my memory. And no matter where I've been in the world, there's always someone's came up and asked me about that game. Oh, really? It's famous. It's so famous. Incredible. You know that... Well, Celtic were in the middle of nine in a row and all that. that. That's right. It was... Uh, I went to Canada and I played uh, on loan at Toronto and I was approached by a guy saying that he was a member of the Party Thistle Supporters Club in Toronto. <laughs> they wanted to make a presentation because I was the first guy from the team that they'd, they'd ever come across. So I went along, and I'm not joking, you would have thought the event was in Socky Hall Street. Really? <laughs> it was packed to the rafters. The Glasgow people who were genuine party. This was, I couldn't believe it. It was, it was incredible. It a quiet really, night then, eh? It, it, was, it was just incredible, all these people coming up and going photographs, and I, I just couldn't believe it. So you were a part-time player winning the cup? Yeah, yeah. You know, that I, I was night shift that week of the cup final. Still down the pits? Yeah, but... <laughs> But the guy says to me on a Wednesday night, you're not working. Aye. You don't work. Ah, so he wasn't a selling uh, fan then? No, no, the, no the, the guys in general said, no, no, you're not working. So you make sure you rest for the final. What was the reaction like back at work then? When you uh, went back to work then? Oh, it was the great. Of the week? It was great. It was great to go back to work. It was absolutely brilliant. It was first class. You even get an extra day off? No, well, to be fair, they looked after me pre, pre cup after the cup. That was that was a completely different thing. You can't imagine that nowadays, eh? No, no, you can't can imagine it. But just the way it is, you know. But then you look at the big games I'm both play now. You've got guys. I don't know if guys do the shifts, but you've got guys. Uh-huh. It's a midweek game. The guys are going to do a full day's work and then going uh-huh. playing at night. And that's why it's so good that our both have done as well as the half. Yeah, because that we these guys have grafted. Yeah, because uh, I think it maybe caught up with Halawa a wee bit, you know, but uh, Dick knows when to give the players a break uh, and when not to give the players a break. He knows when to go and push them and he knows when not to push them, you know, through his experience and what he is. And he's, he's such a people person, like, we're talking about these other managers, Dick's got that. Right. He uh, knows people uh, and... Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't take crap off anybody, Dick. Where did you meet Dick first? Uh, well, you and Dick? we played against each other. So and you never played together? Used to, no, we never played together. We used to just knock the crap out of each other. And for some <laughs> reason, we just got on all right and then we'd go for a beer after a game, as we used to do. And then uh, we joined the coaching course with the SFA at the same time. And through somebody's wisdom, we were roommates. Oh <laughs> so we, we were roommates and we've been roommates for, oh, I don't know, 30 years or something. Would it have been when you, where, where were you playing then when you when you played for Scotland? Were you Celtic at that point? Or you it, no, 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 no. Uh, um, I played uh, for Scotland under 23s when I was at Party Thistle. Right. And uh, also Norwich. And uh, then I played for uh, Scotland when I was at Norwich. And uh, I was in the squad at Sheffield and played. I think I played one at Sheffield. Because yeah, it was two and, games, uh, one goal again. You know, you still played that thing. Yeah, when Roger respect is that uh, the, the strikers then was a leash, McCarry, you had Joe Jordan coming up, Dennis Law like, would be there as well. Uh, yeah, Dennis Law played. Yeah. yeah, so it wasn't even McBurney and Dykes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, 
you know, and, and I keep kidding the boys on in, in my local pub <coughs> here, but, it, you know, they just wind them up. I'd a hundred caps now, and I, I wouldn't. But you would have a I, lot I, more. I wouldn't. You know, I'd probably have a lot more, but uh, I love my time. Uh, it's, uh, my, my first full cap is that I came on and for uh, for sub, for Dennis Law. Uh, so that, that, that Yugoslavia was game or the Denmark game? It was the Yugoslavia, Yugoslavia game. Yugoslavia game, and he came on, and, and uh, he he was he was brilliant. He was great to me. He was really good, always good with a word. Have you ever managed to have a, you mentioned Kenny, like obviously he was my hero growing up, have you ever managed to give him a kick in on the pitch? Nah, no, really, <laughs> no really. Well, I played with him at Celtic as well, and I also played with Kenny uh, under 23, Scotland, Kenny right. played. And so I played with Kenny and I knew Kenny, Kenny's a great guy. Did you, did you know Brilliant he was a guy, be... good player. By the way, no many could give Kenny a kick because he was clever, yeah. and he was cute, and he could look after himself. Yeah. He was the like, same as Dennis Law. People thought Dennis Law was this wee soft boy and that. Nah, you don't. If you're that good, you don't go and play all the time unless you know how to look after yourself. Yeah, exactly. And and they weren't the guys for being out injured. They knew how to look after themselves as well. And can you tell when you're playing somebody that oh they're going to go on to big big things? Oh, and, you can see it. We can right. You can see he was razor sharp and you knew. He just always seemed to be that wee bit in front. It was so calm in front of goals that you knew it was going to be something special. But at that time, we thought it was just going to be really, really special and stay at Celtic. Right. But yeah. he, he went to Liverpool and he used to get knocked for his performances for Scotland, which I felt was... Unfair. I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was vastly unfair. It was the same with Dennis Law as well. They didn't realise that the opposition spent all their time looking after them. That... Really, we should have had a plan B. Yeah, it's a you little know. bit like Messi for Argentina recently. He just gets targeted, and yeah, they, that, want that, that's to, right, yeah. they want him to win. Yeah, all, and all they don't himself. they don't do anywhere near as well yeah. as, because everybody knows, right? Just go and be, yeah. make sure he doesn't play. Yeah, and it's, then you need somebody else to step up to the plate. And then he's playing out of position and trying different things. That, that's and it's, right. it's just not his natural game. Yeah. Just say like going to a boat was great. It was like it was just great. It was sad leaving, but uh, it was time to leave. Because when I, I went to St. Mirren, uh, I went as a part-time player to start with, and uh, they were vying with Air United for relegation uh, out of the the Premier, the Premier League. So uh, it was close. And then what happened is that we beat Air the two 0 down at here. So that was St. Mirren safe. And uh, then I went full time. We sat in, and uh, I really, really enjoyed my, myself with sat in because uh, some of the players that I played with there were just sensational. When you were part time, you weren't down the mines again, no? No, no, not that time because uh, when I went to Arbroath, is that uh, there were a guy called Dave Keane who was the director of Arbroath who worked uh, in the electrical game. He, he, it was a, a light fitting yeah. company that he worked for. And uh, he was able to fix me up with a job with an electrical wholesaler in Resythe. All right. And uh, which was another thing that you're grateful for. And that's what I both did. They right. looked after they look you. After they right. looked after you. So they got me this full time job. And then uh, Albert says to me, Look, you don't have to travel up to Arbroath from Stirling at training nights. What to do is that uh, I'll have a word with Alex Smith at Stirling Albion. So I used to train when we started in Albion when Alex Smith was a manager. And that's how me and Alec got... Connection. I knew Alec, but that's uh, how we got to become really yeah. friendly. So I would go with them, and I'd just come for full-time Celtic. And Alec used to say to me, 
three seasons, uh, he says to me, make sure they're fit, Jimmy. Run, because I could run. So I used to dictate the, the, the training, as it were. But it, it worked out. But uh, Albert and our both did a great thing every year at the start of the season, is that the players who didn't live local, they got, got told to take a week off work and two, three weeks before the season started, you came to our broth and we used to stay at the Windmill Hotel All right, yeah. and we trained every day. We trained every day, morning and afternoon, we trained every day and uh, that gave us that extra boost, that extra momentum and the extra fitness and plus it helped with the camaraderie because right the local boys it was easy enough for them to get half day off or something like that you know and they, so we went and, and that gave us a bit of togetherness as well Were you at Loonan Bay up the gins or something were you? We're, we're at Loonan Bay yes we're at Loonan Bay and uh, the amount of times we run up and down that hill straight across <laughs> it's just the decided to his nuke Aye. you <laughs> know and the, the, the sand runs along oh. and then we, we, we did a Loonan Bay and uh, but we did a lot of ball work as well. We did a lot of ball work, and uh, yeah, always had good friendlies. We played good friendlies. But that week, it sort of brought everybody together as a team, and it was clever. And it's by the way, clever the directors as well for them to release the funds to do it. Sure. Because wouldn't it, wouldn't it be cheap? Yeah. Getting a, a group in. Well, on about funds there, like where did Abroth get the money to buy you? Because that's uh, still, Jamie was telling us, it's, it's still yeah, the second biggest... social club. Was it? I the think social, it's the, you're the, the second most expensive player they've bought still, even to yeah, this day. The, 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 the social club. I don't know what you'd be worth the, in today's money. Yeah, the, 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 the social club uh, supplied the money. Right. To buy me, yeah. Is it 15 grand, I think, or something? No, no, no. That was Higher. Oh, right. <laughs> right. What did you go for then? <laughs> I think it was 25. Right. Cool as that. What would that be now? Because that would be about a quarter of a million now or something stupid. Yeah, I think it was 25, yeah. What, what, what was the situation with Celtic? Why why did you not? It, well, I only played six games in the year I was there, but the strikers was uh, Bakari, Dalglish, Dixie Deans. <laughs> Dixie Deans, yeah. So it was difficult. And the, the the last game I played was the first time I scored for Celtic. Yeah. So I thought, oh, that's me. I just bed it in there. Yeah. If I get in... I'm confident now I'll be able to go and do it but they sold me you just didn't get a chance I never got a chance after that did he not admit that he he let you go too soon or something to you uh, yeah to me later on this was years after this was uh, um, he used to go and pick up Bob Shankly at Stirling and Alex Smith and he used to go and and watch games and uh, what happened is that uh, he'd said to Alex Smith that I was too quick and then moving Jimmy on and and Alec had said to him like you know well should you maybe tell Jimmy that and then I met him and he had, that's what he says to me and I got you wrong son <laughs> <laughs> which is a great thing to hear from well, someone like right John away, 10 feet tall <laughs> 10 feet tall which is, which is great there are not many people proved me wrong but yeah You've been able to do that, which was good. Uh, other thing I heard about Jock with you was uh, obviously you're beautifully well shaven today. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. You had the, you had the big tash like, back I, then. I, I had the moustache and everything and the long hair. And uh, Celtic had uh, no facial hair, no facial hair at all. And uh, so I go in and I meet him and sign the forms and I go in and I says, uh, What about moustache? No, no, just you keep that on, son. And I went home and I've given it. 
<laughs> I'm going to tomorrow here in this dressing room with the moustache. I'm going to get dogs abuse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who do you think you are? And I, I'm going to get with that. And I went, nah, nah. So I shaved it off. So I went in in the morning. I see Mr. Steen, the wee smile. But when I get in the dressing room, the boys started to give me stick. Oh, for taking it <laughs> off? Aye, for taking it off. <laughs> yeah. Aye, ah, you were the big man sorry, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he'd said to the players or not, but it was, it was a, a no-win situation. Uh, and what was it like training with Jock Steen? Uh, what was he like, was he? Very good. Uh, uh, he enjoyed the laugh, enjoyed the company. Uh, he used to like to push players to the limit. He would go and he would organise uh, foot races. He would go and, and, and say, right, right, used to uh, use a run over 100 yards. And he would say, right, I used to use a run over 400. And he used to go and do... And, uh, so I think head-to-heads or something? Uh, yeah, head-to-head. It was just allowed to do psychology and just how we do and uh, I remember one day he says right okay you're going to have uh, a race a full, full lap okay right and then he went and uh, it was Jim Brogan and he says to Jim Brogan you're going to race against Jimmy he says but you've got 60 yards of a start I'm going like there am I me 60 yards and he came up to me before the run and he said to me don't make a fool of him Jimmy <laughs> I says what do you mean You'll catch him, no bother, but don't make a fool of him. Right. Make it nice and close. <laughs> and he's right. Because, like, you go in, like, with maybe 300 yards, I was, like, practically touching his shoulder, so I just toddled over. So it, it was, it was, that was, again, a confidence thing yeah. he was trying to go. Just all psychology and stuff. Psychology all the time. All the time. And it's, it's very, very much, uh, it's a part of sport because I've got a great saying. Like, up here, between your ears, is for football, down there's for dancing. Your feet's for dancing. It's in here for football. Yeah. So it's what goes on between the ears. Like, Fergie's one, never give in. I was fortunate enough that I never ever gave in. How, uh, how did you end up in Canada? And was that... There was a guy called uh, Keith Eddy. He was a midfield player who Chevy uh, United bought from Watford. He played. He was coming towards the end of his career. And he became manager of Toronto Blizzard in the old NASL. So he contacted uh, St. Mern and said that, uh, could you sign me? And so they sat down and said, well, Jimmy's got a couple of years and our contract left. Well, could we get him in loan? So what they did is that uh, they took me in loan. So I played the full Scottish season. Then I went in loan for Toronto, came back, played the Scottish season, and we went back on loan. So I think it was... So it was just in the summer? Just in the summer. I was there for four months. So it was eight months Scotland, four months, eight months, four months, and then eight months. So it was nearly like three years without a break. And uh, so Simon charged them, I think it was something like, uh, I think it was, the first year was £15,000 plus they don't have to pay me. Yeah. And then the, the next time when they wanted me back, it was 30000 plus <laughs> they don't have to pay me. And uh, I was looked after in Toronto accommodation, sure. car, everything. And uh, it was a sensational experience. Loved but no, it. But no downtime in here, the footballers nowadays, no, like, no, oh, we no, need no, to no, no, after, you know, no, no, a long no, season. My only problem was that when I came back, the both years, because men were a good side, would qualify for Europe, and I was ineligible to play in the early European games because I wasn't signed prior to the dates. Right. So I missed out 
and some of the European games that Simon had at the time, which, but I, I just enjoyed the experience. And uh, <laughs> my very, very first game for Toronto Blizzard uh, was at a place called Fort Lauderdale mm-hmm. in Florida. And uh, we could beat 4 0. And I thought, oh, what's happening here? But the front <laughs> three for Fort Lauderdale was Gerd Muller, Kubias, and George Best. So they should have paid me loan money. <laughs> I never seen the ball. <laughs> never seen the ball, and I thought, this is going to be. What did you think when you run out and that's the part? Uh, no, you're, you're gone. And, but most of the teams you played, it was like that. They were like, uh, I was unfortunate because Pelly had just retired from New York Cosmos oh. the year before. But uh, the big star was, was Beckenbauer, so I played against Beckenbauer. Oh, you'd have been up against Carlos well. Alberto, you'd have been the manager of the Brazil. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember um, I was the, the guy Keith Eddy, who I knew, came at me and said, Jimmy, says, listen, I'm going to ask you to do a specific job today. He says, Beckenbauer's been playing in midfield for the Cosmos. So he says, I don't have any of the midfield players that are capable. He says, but your fitness levels, you'll be able to match them and get about them. Yeah. I said, but I don't know how to tackle. He says, no, just as long as you're going and you're pressurising them. And hey, okay, so I did man mark, and I'm no joking. First 50 to him, I go, where is he? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, he's quite strange. So there was one, that, one broke, and the betting bells came in, and I went and whacked him, like, and they broke his ankle with did you? What? He got carried off. <laughs> and I thought, now he'd been one of my heroes back in Bell, you know. Uh-huh. You know, so, but that, that was uh, just one of the things. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do it. It didn't just, just ever happen. For the last time, Jimmy's just shrugged. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, did you go in afterwards? You're oh, sorry. Nah, no, 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 no. no, no. Just never admit guilt. <laughs> Did you play against Crouch as well then? Yeah, playing against Sue and Crouch. In fact, all of the big names at that time, and that, like Pelly had obviously stepped sure. down. And uh, Bestie, George Best, I played against uh, George Best a few times, in uh, five different countries. Uh-huh. See, we were speaking about this, and we can think of three. Yeah, Scotland, Canada, America, Can- oh, Canada, America. Hong Kong. And here's one for you. In Hong Kong? Mr. Young, the uh-huh. coach. Uh, we needed a defender. And John's contract was finished at St Mirren and John came over and stayed with me in Hong Kong. Like The odd couple, right enough, was, was, was stayed <laughs> in this apartment and John had a contract for two months and George Best joined and he had a contract for two months and he was at the hotel at the bottom of the road and his agent, his agent was uh, Bill McMurdo. Oh, right. So like Best was there, so me and Youngie used to go with George Best go for a coffee because obviously course, course it was a coffee, a coffee. No, no. <laughs> no no seriously he was trying to kick the booze right okay but he was like a magnet for the women in general right. but for everybody he would stand at the end of the bar and they would queue up to talk to him yeah. and what a player he was and the young I'll tell you his fitness levels were brilliant so who, you know, who pots, did, pots of tea or a coffee who did he, uh, he was, play with in Hong Kong because you were the he Rangers played, he, well he played I can't remember the name of the team he played for, for he, he played with a team played two games for them and I played against them and then he came and played two games for us 
the same. So we played swap teams. He'd build, he was like they were allowed to do it. Ah, right. Me. So, so that was a fascinating experience playing with George. He, he was absolutely brilliant. Because you're like one of the first jet set footballers. Yeah, but it, 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 it was good. Because See, with all those star names you were throwing about there, George Best, Beckenbauer, Cruyff, yeah. etc. Who would be the best player you've shared a pitch with then? That, 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 that's a difficult one. That's a right. difficult one because it depends on uh, players you play with. You know just how good they are, and then it's like you're going. If it's a player you're playing against, it's a, it's a different feeling. Uh, that'd be difficult. Beckenbauer was sensational, right. uh, but then that—that's the real. Do you think about Cruyff? Was <laughs> Cruyff was also something really different special. George Best was sensational. He was sensational. Um, but Dennis Law and Kenny Douglas were, and Billy Bremner. Was it Dixie Deans? Billy and Bremner. The list goes uh, on. It's a long list. Uh, yeah. You know, so I, I, I was very, very fortunate, and I've no doubt about that. I was very fortunate. Yeah. One, one of the things I've noticed on a bit modern football, and I think it's a curse on the game, and I don't know if you think you could, yeah. how to fix it, but it's the diving. What, what, what can find we, them what can we do with that aye? it seems I to be I, 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 I don't even find them is that just stop them playing <clears throat> yeah I think like, somebody dives okay and the referee gives them a yellow card give them a five game ban something severe has to Some, there's got to be severe as that to stop aye. it because the thing is is that we can sort it out in Scotland maybe but then are you going to sort it out in no. the European games are you going to sort it out in the, the World Cup yeah, games and, and, and that, so it has to be a worldwide thing it, it, it's, you imagine Pelly but he must be watching these games anew because he got kicked black and blue you never ever seen him going yeah. down yeah. he needed an axe yeah. for they not come down it's crazy yeah, it's, you hear them they scream and oh, uh, it's just doing yeah. the head might, uh, and I'll tell you it's worse now when you're going to games and there are no supporters in it. Oh, because you hear it. Aye. You can hear it, and you're going, my word. And the amount of guys who are going about lording it now in games, because they're nobody giving them a row, and they're taking the ball all the time. And then you've got other guys who miss the crowd Aye. at them to give them that extra spur. I think it, football's nothing without supporters. I know Jockstein said it, but he's 100% correct. Aye. The games in are a wee bit false, because there's nobody in. You need the people with the scarves on, buying their money and going in. Screaming and shouting. Oh, yeah, but you need that. Yeah. I think you need That's it. That's football, isn't it? I, I, it was a World Cup final when I was at school playing in the playground with my pals. When I went on to play my professional career, it was a World Cup final every time. I put my boots on, not just for a game, training. I played to win all the time. Yeah. I didn't win all the time, but I tried to win all the time. And I think that's so, so important that that's a thing you instill. There's no a switch that you can put on and off. So you have to have the right attitude constantly and, and just do that constantly. And I think that has to be done. And yeah. that's the one thing I think that's missing in the modern game. Some of them, big money, they're no bothered and they can't be bothered. Yeah, of course. And they're getting the same money regardless. Aye. So it's. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. I've tweaked my hamstring, I'm out for three weeks <clears throat> or something. That's right, yeah. And the diving as well, cheating. Now, if you're, you're in the cup final and you fall down in the box and the referee gives you a penalty and you win 1-0 and you win the cup, what does that medal mean to you? Yeah. You've cheated to win it. What, what's that value? Yeah. Absolutely zilch. Yeah. 
So why? Yeah. Why would you cheat to get a result? So there's no glory in that for me. I think a lot of the pundits on TV are no helping either because they actually say things like, oh, he's entitled he's to entitled go down. To and I don't... I, 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 I'm with you on that. Oh, oh, it looked you, as though he was oh, touched. Oh, there was contact. He's entitled to go... Now, back in the day, you would entice the guy into wacky, but he whacked you and you went down Aye. because you knew you were going down, but you knew you were getting whacked. Aye. So, a proper whack. Oh, a proper whack. Oh, aye. Now, now they've got like 15 cameras and they go, oh, God, aye, there was aye. a touch on the ankle. Oh, there, there. Was a, oh, no, there was a wee brush. Yeah. What would you say to a player in the, if you were still managing? Just stay on your feet, son, and play. Right. But if someone See, had some done of the times it, they're in a position where they could maybe go and create an opportunity aye. or actually score. They're in a, and they go down. <laughs> now, the referee might not get it. So, put it in. Well, Oh, Shankly's favourite one. Yeah, but it was one. He was having a talk with some of the players, and they like, "I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that." And uh, the boy says, "I'm not really sure what to do." And, and Bill Shatley says, "I'll tell you what to do, son. Put the boy in the net, and then we'll talk about your options." <laughs> <laughs> and he's right. Uh, just score, and then we'll decide the rest. We'll argue later. You, once you'd finished with the Hong Kong Rangers and Toronto Blizzards, was that you moving on to Hearts at that stage? Yes, was I, came, it? I came back to Hearts, yeah. And uh, it was great, like 34 year old, and uh, going to play for Hearts. Because I'm a jambo. You're a soft spot for them. But, aye, but uh, my, all my family were Rangers on my dad's side. My mum's side were Hearts. Right. And uh, so your mum doesn't take you to the football. So when me, my brother, and my dad would take one of us, so we would have turned about. So Farah declared then I was a heart supporter. My brother would have got to all the Rangers games now when they go. <laughs> so you, you always wanted to go and see. So uh, I was a closet heart supporter for a long time. And uh, going and playing for them was just sensational. It was real icing on the cake. Like I was 34 or something when I went there, but I really, really enjoyed it. Hibs had approached me and Hibs wanted me to go as assistant manager to Pat Stanton. Right. But stop playing. And I thought, 34, stop playing. Nah. No ready for this. Yeah. That. Plus, I played a trial for Hibs when I was a kid, when I was maybe 15, 16. And so I'm thinking, I would have played for Hibs then, but going to play for Hibs later on, the kid, yeah. I didn't think that, that would have worked. Yeah. So. Obviously, I went. I went. Not being a jambo either. You couldn't play for him, surely. At the start, to get your your, your ah, first yeah, leg up, yeah, you know, of course. You know when you've got the opportunity, <clears throat> and the other, the, the other one's Hearts. Yeah. There's only one one there. Hearts wanted me to play. They wanted me to go and play beside Robo yeah. and help Robo, but they also had Dave Bowman, they had Gary Mackay. We right. had good young players. Right. Uh, Kenny Black, we had, we had good, and Wally Johnson played, who was another one, like, uh, Andy Penman. If I'm one and one with the fullback, you be in the box because it's coming in. And he said that to me before the first game. And he's one-on-one one with the fullback, knocks it past him, whips it across, bounced out of my head, 1-0. It's Arsenal we were playing. <laughs> the right back had 70 caps for Northern Ireland. Pat Rice. <laughs> really? That's how good Wally Johnson was. Pat Rice. You know, I mentioned him. Yeah. Uh, Wally Johnson and Bobby Lennox, for me, are two most underrated players of all time. These guys were sensational. Yeah. They were world class. Both of them have won a European medal. Uh, got one of them. Well, it Johnson scored two goals in the final, didn't he? And then sat on the as ball. A stri- as, a, as a striker. <laughs> and then and they, they, these two guys, they were top draw. They, 
Like they were quick, but it wasn't just pace. Like uh, Bobby Leonard scored, I don't know how many goals, and a lot of the goals uh, Bobby Leonard scored weren't given because it was given as offside because he was that quick. Right. Okay. He would be onside, but by the it's time he touched the boy, he'd be three yards in front right. of him, and they automatically <laughs> thought. And uh, and Wally Johnson, they, they, they were brilliant. They they were sensational. as fortunate enough to play with him as well. And, so that was 84, was it, at Hearts, round about yeah, there? Yeah, uh, Hearts actually left to, to go to Arbroath as a player manager. Circle. And the famous came, Arbroath. Yeah, and it came back, and uh, I didn't do myself justice on the pitch. I just felt that I was trying to be the manager when I was playing, and it wasn't working. But I felt that if I'd been playing to my normal level, I would have helped the team. So it was a bit in turmoil. Yeah. And uh, I used to tune it and think, think about what am I going to do here? It was one of them. And so I, I said, right, I'll stop playing, stop playing, and then just go. And uh, we had a good group with young players, a good group here. And there were a couple of uh, local boys. Uh, Gubby was there. Gubby Mitchell. Uh, uh, right. And uh, Mark McWalter, yeah, uh, who could have been anything. But he got this injury, said, man, and. Uh, I don't think he was treated properly the right way at the start of his yeah. injury. The medical treatment, I thought, just wasn't right. And he never, ever recovered for that, which was sad yeah. because he could play. Oh, yeah. He was strong, he was pacey, he was brave, he could score a goal. He was very, very unfortunate because he would have been he would have been a real, real good player at that. I paid £50,000 that I'd brought for him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I played with Mark yeah. um, at the lads club and uh, mm-hmm. I remember he scored I think it was something like 95 goals in one season yeah. all we did was pass it yeah. through and his speed was insane it, uh, oh he was strong and strong oh. and quick and his brother Ray played at United didn't he right, in the yeah. United yeah. and uh, I, I, they were really good young players they were really good young players and then you moved to St Mirren you were assistant I was assistant to Alex Mirren you won the, won the Scottish Cup in 87 yeah and uh, I had a fallout with the board and I went to Dundee United and uh, the following year, then uh, the United got to the cup final, and got beat with Celtic in the final. It was uh, Celtic centenary. The centenary year. one, yeah. And uh, United had scored first. Gavin Gallagher, and we were in total charge. Then McAvenny popped up and scored two goals. That's, right, yeah. that's, that's some way to repay your parlour. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so and uh, that was it. You know, and then I went, I went back. To, I went to Airdrie as a manager and then it was at Airdrie got Airdrie promoted and then I left Airdrie and I went to Zambia yeah we're going to mention Africa because uh, that's Power Dinos yeah what sort of here. experience was that it, it, was, like, it, was, it was an advert in the, in the paper and I knew I was going to believe in Airdrie I thought I've got them up just the things are don't know what ways things are going to go and uh, so I went and I went over to Zambia and they, they looked after me. It was, it was really good and uh, I couldn't believe the quality of the players. They were good players, but they weren't fit and they weren't organised. That's easy. Making them players is difficult, yeah. but getting them fit and organised is easy. So got them fit, got them organised, and then they went on a spell where they just won. And we, end, we won the league and we ended up uh, winning the African Cup Winners' Cup. Yeah. Which is the first time any country from below the the equator had ever won a tournament in Africa. 
Because it's always Egypt and Tunisia, Egypt, uh, yeah, Northern uh, yeah, countries. Yeah, like always uh, mostly the Arab countries uh, or Nigeria, Ghana, yeah. and uh, so it's like for, for a team from Zambia to go and win that it was a very very special thing. But the players did it, and, and then we, we won, it and it, it was great. But some of the trips were sensational. You know, Burkina Faso, Burundi, Cote d'Ivoire, and like the Nigeria, all over, and going to all these different countries and. Like you're in the stadium and you're the only white guy there, yeah. and uh, some of the tricks that they, they would get up to. Um, went to this, I think it was uh, Burundi. It was like it had, you know how you have these mesh things like that they used to do in the roads, yeah. and they would have all, all the boiling, all right, all, yeah, all, yeah, yeah. the fires going and stuff like that. They had one of them at the side of the pitch as the team was coming out in the pitch, and the, the guy with uh, wee sort of effigies with our colours on them. And throwing them on the fire. <laughs> They're throwing them on the fire. You see? So I pull the guys to the side and everything says, Look, you're all right. He says, Don't worry about that. White man. White man's magic you're used to. <laughs> we're all right. Everything's fine. And uh, they, were, they, they were okay with it. And uh, the worst one was in the, the final, the, the first leg, we're playing in Nigeria. And we're, we're in the tunnel ready to walk out. Because what happened is that the two legs in the final had to be at the national stadiums. Okay. So it was the National Stadium in, the, in Lagos, and the other one was the, the National Stadium in Lusaka. So the, the away leg was the first one. So we're walking down, and I'm leading the team out, and this guy jumps out of the side, one of the local guys, and he's got a chicken, live chicken, and he slits his throat, and the blood's all dropping, and he's giving all this dancing and singing the black magic, you see? So again, as we go down the stairs, I get the guys in, say, look, well, you played for Scotland today, not Zambia. So what I'm going to do is that I'm going to sing a Scottish song for you on the way onto the pitch. And while you're walking on the pitch, I want you to clap with me. So I started giving, Oh, for Scotland, <laughs> So the Zambian team have walked onto the pitch and the other team are all looking and there was going on. And they were going, what's, what's happening? This man's mad. <laughs> you see? And it was... Went. So... We, we lost 3-2 but played really well there was a couple of dodgy decisions so in the second leg I'm thinking got to try and get something for the second leg in there so what the players did the players have a wee card and what happens one of your coaches goes into the opposition changing room with one of the officials and he checks the player against the card I would say to them I'm going in today walk into the changing room and the, the guy says, uh, yeah, you, want, you want to check? I went, no, I'll tell you what to do. Play who you want. I'm not getting. And walk right back out. I've got bananas, absolute bananas. But it upset them. And it was just a case to try and just uh, get yeah. something for, for our boys. Well, and of course, I went back and I tell our boys, and they were all laughing and everything. It was just something just to break the ice. And uh, we, then we won the game 3-1. You must have went down as a bit of a local hero over there, did you? Yeah. Statues and everything. Was it was popular because uh, it was a winning time, it's like everything yeah. else. But uh, just last week, been invited to go back to Zambia. Uh, we had a charity who's based in Stirling, right. called Africa on the Ball. And uh, the, the, the school where I go and do a wee bit of coaching, and uh, they've, they've asked me if I'll go over because they want to go and do a documentary about my time there. And, that's something to look forward to. But what happened is, it, and it's, it's the saddest thing that's ever happened to me in my life, I was only home maybe a couple of months 
in Zambia were playing a, a game in the African Championships and uh, the plane crashed uh, in Gabon and uh, everybody on the plane got killed Jesus. and there were five of my players ex-players and my assistant oh. who was very very friendly Alec the six of them died in the plane crash and uh, there's a memorial outside the National Stadium and I've never seen it and I'm desperate to go yeah, and this company said well that's a great thing we, we can go and we can take you to the memorial uh, pay your respects and then pay your respects and then we can get, get stuff some of that from that which is really good and that, that's the saddest thing that's ever happened to me is that because the guys that killed the Zambian internationalists these guys were some players with a centre half called Robert Wadiakeni he used to do overhead kicks pass back to the goalie for the half while <laughs> and I said to him Robert why do you do it I get bored <laughs> I says well you better not get bored and make a mistake I don't make a mistake I'd be good I, I will be good don't worry and, <laughs> and he was right and uh, the captain who was a guy his name was Wisdom Chancer C-H-A-N-S-A uh, he went and he played uh, in the Olympics for Zambia and uh, he was the main man he was the captain he was maybe 28 something and uh, he was such a player and he, he was one of the ones now the boy I'm talking about Robert I'd organised him uh, he was going to South Africa I'd fixed him up with a team I'd fixed Wisdom up with a team in South Africa as well and uh, there's one of the other ones I'd flexed up with a player called uh, Kenan Samambe he was a wee, a wee guy forward oh, lightning quick really strong wee boy and I'd lined it so I'd lined these guys up to go when we went and they would have earned so much more money they could so ever change their lives change their yeah. lives and uh, so these three were part of the ones you, you couldn't know. have hooked them up for Gayfield though eh? they, wouldn't have, they wouldn't have done too great at Gayfield <laughs> well, the thing is you, the at that time they wouldn't be able to come in and play for Rangers or Celtic because it was to do we had to have so many international oh, caps and it was really difficult that because uh, the way it was but that, that was a sensational period it was a very very uh, successful period and a great time in my life it just 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 finished see the plane they were on the plane used to sit at the airport at Lusaka and a couple of times they came to me when we were going and a rather way was oh there's a plane there we'll use that I says no you'll know because you could see yeah. it was an old plane I said no we're not using that yeah, but it'll be cheaper I said I don't care if it's cheaper get a cell phone like a normal flight uh, and pay because yeah. the return leg you'll make enough money for to go and get it and uh, so I refused twice not to use that plane and when the international team the, the, the manager he says ah we'll be alright with that and the players so that was a real sad took me a long time to go over that I bet imagine yeah you know, because uh, when I left there I, I then went to South Africa and I coached in South Africa for a spell and then I got offered the St Mirren job when I was in South Africa and so I came back and managed uh, St Mirren. But that was that was that was a real gut wrench because yeah. uh, what did you see them when they were playing? They were absolutely brilliant. And what what they used to do is that if it was a home game, they paid their bonus and cash in their hands after the home game. So that was a godsend for them. And that was a big, big thing. And uh, when they went away, they got uh, they got paid US. 
I think it was 10 US dollars per day spending money. Obviously, the club picked up the tab for him, but they got 10 US dollars per day. So sometimes we were away for seven days to play one game because uh, in Africa, the countries are not all the same. Yeah. You're maybe going for a bright heat to a humid heat, so mm. you've got to go that wee bit earlier to acclimatise. These guys thought this was a godsend because what had happened in the previous is that the guys at the top, they would keep the money yeah. and just maybe give them $10 or $20. Whereas I said to the boss when I had to go, I say, right, look, I know that you have a treasure that comes and you've got a, a load of US dollars. I get shared amongst everybody. What do you mean? I said, no, I get shared. If there's 16 players going, everybody gets the same. No, you can't have that. Well, okay. What to do is like, make, give the directors $10 more than the players. This sounds like the union's in the mines or something. <laughs> no, <laughs> so no, makes but, sense. Right, at the end of the day, the, the guys are the guys who are going in day night. And see what they used to do when they went away? They spent that money on stuff for their kids or their house. The goalkeeper carried a television all the way back on his shoulder, on the plane. A television. I'm saying, how did they get that through? But he carried it. He, he bought it and he, he carried it all the way through. And so they're going home with all these presents to the wives that they never ever done before. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that made it, and, and that was a bit to get it together as well because they're entitled to it. Yeah. So what are you actually doing? What's your involvement in football these days, well, Jimmy? Well, basically, I'm retired. But uh, I go and watch the opposition for Dick. And also is that uh, when I, my last job was uh, working full-time with the, the Scottish FA. Sure. And uh, I was uh, in charge of a school of football programme they had within the central region. So when I retired, one of the schools phoned me up and asked if I'd go in and do half a dozen sessions a week for the kids. I said, I need no problem, we'll do that. It's good to give something back keep, as well, well isn't it? Well, of course it is, and it keeps you thinking about the game, it keeps you thinking, keeps you on your toes. Uh, yeah. And you'll see a wide range of games spying for Dick, yeah? Well, I, I go and watch the opposition. Uh, is that, uh, when they play Dock and Lake in the Cup, I was doing it Ayrshire two weeks in a row. And because you're spying for Dick, does that mean you get to go in the Magaluf holidays still? Why would I know be on it? <laughs> <laughs> so there must have been some times. The Magaluf holidays. Well, it's like everything else, isn't it? It's uh, like saying earlier on, it's, it's just the boys going away for a laugh. And uh, uh, There's no way your social convener at these ones. They don't go away when they have a bad season. It's a reward. It's a reward. So they would have got it then just for oh, yes. staying in the yeah. obviously championship. So it's a reward. So they go and they're rewarded for what they've done. And uh, so they have to earn that. And they go and... and I'm sensing this is very much what goes on tour, stays on tour stuff. <laughs> but there's no doubt about that. <laughs> no, no, no. The one thing, I've never been a clay. <laughs> Nobody likes the grass. No, no, no. So, 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 grass. so how long has the Magaluf thing been going on for then? Uh, well, uh, Dick and I have uh, done it longer than me. They, they, they used to do it when uh, Dick was assistant manager at Dunfermline. We were painting, they used to do it then. So it's been going on for like 20 years or something? Aye, it's been going that long, aye. Wow. Will they get this year even with the COVID and all the rest of it? No, probably not. After such a brilliant seat, you know, no. staying up and all the rest of they've it. They've earned it. Oh, what? Well, without they, a doubt. They've earned it. They've earned it because it was tight this year after the bad start. But uh, the players have earned the reward. Uh, Do you get through to Gayfield much to watch games? Or? Well, well, obviously because I'm going away. I, I don't, I, I've been at a couple. Aye. I was at the last game, Morton, and I, I, I go to a couple of the games. But uh, you know, it's, uh, but people don't appreciate that. Uh, 
Dick's got guys that can play. And I thought every year the guys that he brings in in the January they have an impact. Oh, and they definitely did this year. They they did this year, but then they have an impact all the other years as well, but even more so this year. They they have an impact. Yeah. That's part of the quality he's got. He knows what he's needing. He knows when he needs it. And And with the years and the games you guys have got, he's got the contacts to get it as well, you know. Well, that's another thing as well. He's got... He's got good contacts, and he's highly respected. So he's very, 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 so very he, well respected. He makes a phone call, folk off, listen, won't they? Oh, of course, I definitely. And uh, as I say, covers the ground as well. You know, I'll go to games midweek, but him and Pink will be at games as well. Yeah. And we don't go and sit together and go to the same games. Yeah. We cover the ground. Ah, it's yeah. a job. Aye, and I, and I think uh, a lot of the other teams could learn because a lot of the, the other people don't go to games. Yeah. It, maybe know what you see on the park it's who you might meet and somebody might just say one wee thing oh right yeah. and it, to your benefit and you can go and you can get something so it's important that you go and, and do your work and there's one of Dick's favourite sayings is that there's a time to work and there's a time to play Magluce when they play the rest of the season's when they work yeah. it's as simple you, as that will you be scouting again in the new season? Well, possibly I don't see any reason why not yeah. uh, but but never spoke about it yet. I don't see any reason why not. Uh, Dick was best man when I got married. What was he? Yeah, I, I got married the second time. Yeah, yeah. just to show uh, that. Uh, show that, yeah. yeah. And uh, Dick was best man. Right, okay. We had roommates all the the years like so. We're very good pals. Well, let's hope it carries on next year then. Eh? Yeah, it's well, success well, it gave him. I would hope start the season better. It, it depends who comes up. Uh, Seems to be a good foundation at Gayfield now, though. It's a great foundation, yeah. Because he's got a group of players that are decent, and uh, I think over the last couple of seasons, I think the the defence has been very good. Yeah, the defence has been very good, but uh, I thought this year in the middle of the park were good. Yeah, I didn't think they were as good in the front areas of the park as what they maybe should be. Uh, they should have done better. Uh, we lost uh, 14 goals for Bobby of course what, what, what's a, how do you replace 14 yeah. goals for a white player who you're not expecting to score so, now, yeah. last year they they, they were got sent their goals weren't they they were great yeah. they yeah. having their goals up your sleeve well that didn't happen this year so the goals had to be spread about a wee bit so ideally it'd be great to go and get a goal scorer but where are you going to get a goal scorer? Just need to you find, find a, fortunes for goal scorers. Just find a Jimmy Bone. <laughs> well, they're no easy to find. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you got inducted into the Hall of Fame a couple yes, of years back, I, wasn't I, it? 2019? Yeah, yeah, very happy, very pleased with it. Did they honest. do a ceremony? What actually yeah, yeah, happened they had, these a, had a function at Canoostie. Right. And uh, Gubby was inducted in as well, that's I think, right, yeah. in the same night. Uh, so I, that, was, that was very special, very good. Um, I really appreciated that. That good. That, that gives me four. Because <laughs> you've got, I know you've got Norwich. Uh huh. Where else have you got then? Partick Thistle. You've got Partick. St. Martin. St. Martin. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, so. No bad going, eh? I'm delighted. I'm delighted. I'm just a wee boy for Flint that was brought up with the arse singing out my trousers. <laughs> they tore out my sannies. Just wanted to play football. And uh, I've been fortunate that breaks have went at the right time for me. And for you personally, what would you say the biggest highlight of your career would have been then, Jimmy? Play for Scotland. 
100 percent Absolutely. Get any you dream about it? that when yeah. you're younger, don't you? Then and you, come on, come on for tennis slow. <laughs> like that's that, that, that's a fairy tale, isn't it? It's a fairy it's tale. On that note, I don't think it can end in a, in a better a way. Fantastic, Jimmy Bone, Arbroath Hall of Famer, Arbroath Legend, Scotland player. Thank you so much for coming talking to us. It's been a blast. Brilliant. I've really enjoyed it. Cheers, now. Take care. Much. All the best. It's great going down memory lane. <laughs> You've been listening to the Smokies and Wine podcast, sponsored by Clack and View Wealth Management, working with you today to plan for your tomorrow.